Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Welcome to this third and final part as we're allowing a glimpse into what took place in early June as it related to the workshop that we held for our directors, or many might say supervisors, and above our supervisors, our administrators, and uh, the leadership team, the executive leadership team uh, in Jefferson City back in June. In the first two parts, you've heard Dr. David Sundin share about problems and how problems create opportunities, and specifically how God will use those opportunities to do things that only he can do. In part two, you heard from the AM session and you heard Dr. Rodney Harrison talk about the lowest stave and how we need to improve those things. He shared how the the same type of meeting that took place in the summer of 2021 allowed for some growth and for some innovations to happen within Baptist homes that have improved and yet will lead to the need to further improve some things that we are doing, not just for our ministry, not just for the residents, but even for the employees as well. And in this part, this part three, you're going to hear from Dr. Rodney Harrison at the beginning of this as, again, he continues to talk to the same group of people about the upcoming campaign called Welcome Home. There is going to be a transition within this first part you're about to listen to, to uh, a snippet of what Dan Reynolds, who will be guiding and directing our campaign for us, uh, what, what he has to say about us telling our story and the need to get that story out there because Baptist Homes does have a great story. And then I will come back in between the next couple of segments to give you a, a an idea of what that particular segment is about. So here is Dr. Rodney Harrison sharing with passion uh, what we are looking to do and what God is already allowing us to do and what we are looking forward to do, followed by Dan Reynolds and the work that we are going to be doing as a part of this campaign in the coming months. You know, every time we raise support, what we're really doing is we're raising friends. We're raising those who become champions for the ministry. We welcomed a new campus independence, and soon we'll be welcoming a new campus in Smithville. And just in the last month, we have welcomed our new campus in Adrian as we received residents. You know, there's so much that we, we are doing that is uh, kind of significant and centering around this idea of welcome home. Our Smithville campus is going to be a unique initiative because it is going to be welcoming home a generation that oftentimes weren't welcomed home when they went to Vietnam and fought the war. And today, that generation of baby boomers are oftentimes finding themselves needing a little bit more care. This campus that will be headed up by Patrick in the back there, um, this will be a unique campus. Most of the rooms will be unlike any veteran's home in the state. Generally, if you go to a veteran's nursing home, there are three, two or three beds per room. There are four residents per bathroom. And there's people in the hallway trying to find a place. That's typical of a veteran's nursing home. 
Imagine a space where each person will have a private room, they'll have a private bathroom, and in many of the cases, they'll have a private suite. They'll have a living room as well. We are trying to create a, a new home for our veterans. We want to welcome them home and say thank you for your service. And this is a unique opportunity. And we hope that it is one that will even inform some changes that we're making at some of our other campuses as we seek to serve a new generation of seniors. To undergird this, we are launching a new capital campaign called the Welcome Home Campaign. And we've invited today our campaign director, Dan Reynolds, to come and share with you about the, this new and exciting campaign. There are four main areas of simultaneous priorities that we need to address, and not to get into the weeds or too academic, but we need to know what that case for support is. We need to know what the story is, right? And so we're developing that. We've got great talent with Nate and Amanda who are going to help us articulate that and share the story and the impact of Baptist homes on the communities served. It's regional. It's also statewide. We have to talk about the impact that you're having on the lives of the residents and their families. There's certainly urgency behind that. When I talk to Dr. Harrison about some of the work you're doing to sort of restore hope in communities that have been damaged by a for-profit mentality, that's important work. This is an opportunity to revitalize communities and neighborhoods through some of the work that we're doing through the campaign, to invest back into communities, to honor the promise in Chillicothe that something's actually get done. So we're excited about the opportunity to do that. We're not really gonna be out broadcasting or promoting our efforts, but you're gonna know it. And we want you to understand that what we're trying to do together is build the resources to ensure the perpetuation of this mission, right? So your ambassadors. You are storytellers. You are people who can promote the mission of the organization moving forward. Are we going to see billboards? Are we going to see big flyers over the next several months? Not really. We're building the story. We're going to build some materials that we're going to hand to people. We're going to hand those to people that are able to give those kinds of gifts so that when we finally do go out to a broader community, we're going to have a lot of traction and a lot of success already under our belts. Why are we raising money? Because we believe in this mission. We believe that there is a purpose to expand at Ozark. I can't wait until we have that new assisted living, those facilities there, because we need them. I'm looking forward to finishing the dream that was put on paper 30 years ago at Chillicothe. I mean... Seriously, hasn't anybody ever wondered why there's a 100 wing, a 200 wing, and a 400 wing? Folks, can you do the math? Something's missing. And you know what's missing? A promise that we made to the community 30 plus years ago that was never fulfilled. We need to fulfill that dream. And we're going to fulfill that dream. Making available housing there in Arcadia Valley Right now, what we're putting in plans together, can you imagine independent living in a very safe environment with meal services, once a week housekeeping, and a cost of under $1,000 a month? And by the way, a million-dollar view out of every window. This is the Baptist Homes difference. On the third floor, we're hoping to have a place for pastors 
and retired ministers, many who, because of some interesting exceptions in the law, many of our retiring pastors and ministers and their spouses have no Social Security, no Medicare, no Medicaid. Because when Medicare and Medicaid went into effect in the 60s, pastors were allowed to opt out completely. And they didn't realize that sometime later in 40, 50, 60 years, they would have no benefits whatsoever. They have no Medicare, no Medicaid availability, and no Social Security whatsoever. And yet they've served faithfully in small churches. They have nowhere to go. We're going to have a place for them at Baptist Homes. I believe in this ministry. I believe in what we're doing. And this campaign is to welcome home people to their home at Baptist Homes. So thank you so very much. The first part of this episode, I think, gives you a little bit of a sense of the passion that Dr. Harrison has and where we are going. But where does that passion stem? From where does it come? Well, in this next part, Dr. Rodney Harrison is going to share a testimony from early in his ministry when he was, as he will share, he was a part of long-term care even from the beginning. But as he was transitioning into ministry, he was doing a sermon and Well, what happens is simply a miracle of God. I don't want to spoil any more than that, so listen to this. Be aware that Rodney is going to make some abrupt sounds in this next part as he is is sharing what what was being heard from the residents. So again, just a a little warning here. There's going to be some sharp, abrupt sounds, very short, uh, half a second or less probably, but just realize there's going to be several of those uh, in this next little segment. You know, we are a Sanctity of Life organization. We truly believe when we say that each and every resident is created in the image of God. We believe And I believe that God has a purpose for every single human being who is in our campus. And some of us might think about, well, what about that resident who all day long does nothing but cry? As many of you know, I started my career in long-term care. Not long after graduating from nursing school, I started working for one of the finest for-profits in the world called Beverly Industries. Anybody familiar with them? Yeah, translation, the bottom feeders of senior care. Okay, they were not a great place. It was a job, okay? I was a freshly minted nurse, and uh, I really wanted to work senior care. Plus, the only other job available was OBGYN. And you're all going, gee, I'm glad you didn't do that. I actually did for two days. Okay, and then they said, would you like to work? Yeah, okay, so I ended up at uh, Beverly Industries. And about that time, uh, after a couple years, I was called to ministry, and I started doing services at that facility. In fact, I was actually teaching, and and I would preach and do Bible studies at five different nursing homes near Hibbing, Minnesota. And there was one resident at our Beverly Industries home, and this was her life. Ah! 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 Any of you have... That resident? All day. Much of the night. 
From her history, she had never spoken a word in her life. She was in her late 70s. She was bound to a bed in a wheelchair. She had never walked a day of her life. A tragic story. And as I was sharing one day, it was one of those days where nobody really wanted to come and volunteer with me at the at the nursing home. It was raining, it was cold, there was some sleet. But I went to that nursing home and we had our service and there was a couple from our church and we sang some songs and they would always bring this resident to the chapel services. It didn't matter what church was there. It could be Catholic, it could be Latter-day Saints, it could be Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. By her being in the church service, it meant she wasn't needing someone else to care for her. So they would just bring her in, and the whole time I'm preaching, ah, ah. I'll tell you what, if any of you are feeling called to ministry and you need a good place to learn how to preach, a nursing home is a great place because you learn how to preach short services. you got to be biblically accurate because a lot of the residents know the Bible better than you do. And you got to be short and you got to be able to preach despite distractions. Well, what a great training ground. At the end of the service, as I always did, I give the opportunity, if you are here today and if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you would like to know that you have God's gift of eternal life, that free gift that, that Neil talked about, the fact that he paid the penalty for our sins, it is a free gift, and that free gift is available, but we must receive it. It's kind of like if you were to buy a gift for a loved one, you would purchase it, and then you would make it available to them, but they have to receive it for it to be theirs, don't they? Well, in the same way, would you like to receive that free gift of eternal life? And from the back of the room, instead of, eh, I heard, yes. And I went and I prayed with her. And she said, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, Jesus. And the countenance of her face changed, and her body relaxed, and she never once went, eh, again. We prayed with her. The staff, everybody was shocked. They actually called in the attending physician from the hospital to go, what's just happened to this lady? That evening, when we went to go visit her, there was an ambulance at the door, and she had gone home to be with her Lord. A one-day-old believer, a one-day-old Christian, that day was the day that she had gone from death unto life. She had accepted Jesus Christ. She had accepted the free gift that God makes available, a free gift that is available to each one of us. Did her life have purpose? Absolutely. And you know, you have some people at your campuses that you're wondering, what is their purpose? How can they be disciples? You know, one of their purposes might be to give us an opportunity to show Christian love, compassion, and care. I love this ministry. And I hope that you love it too, because some of you end up maybe becoming one of my caregivers down the road. Who knows, okay? So I kind of hope that you'll love me too, because... This is a reality that some of us are going to need a little bit of help down the road. 
And what a great ministry, but also what a great ministry opportunity. I hope the testimony that you just heard Dr. Rodney Harrison share encouraged you as much as it encouraged so many that day who were listening to it live. Well, from that point forward, we moved into the final pieces of our time together at this workshop. And Dr. Harrison shared at this point a distinction that he makes between faithfulness and loyalty. Now, loyalty is not a bad thing if it is harnessed correctly, but as he shares, loyalty can lead us astray because it is more about what or who we are loyal to as opposed to being faithful will always make us do the right thing. And faithfulness, in our case, needs to be to God. Not that we are doing that perfectly. We are sinful people, just as we are, all are. Therefore, our organization is not perfect just as none is, but as we are faithful to our mission, which is centered around what God would want us to do, hopefully as we are faithful to that, we are moving closer to becoming not only the people, but the organization that God wants us to be. So take a listen to these next couple of minutes as Dr. Harrison talks about the distinction he makes and therefore the importance that we follow this distinction between faithfulness and loyalty. I want to just talk a little bit about one of my core values of, of really creating an environment where faithfulness is valued over loyalty. Faithfulness is a commitment to one, and it also is a, a commitment to, let's say, an organization, but to those things that are, are good. Whereas loyalty refers to the affirmation and allegiance towards a particular individual or a particular organization. I think many of our challenges that we have in our culture today are because people have unwavering commitment to an organization which may not be perfect. I don't know of any perfect political party. I don't know of any perfect company. And by the way, if you all think, well, I'm at Baptist Homes because we're perfect. No, you're not. Because I work here and I'm not perfect. The reality is loyalty is oftentimes a little bit blind. Faithfulness is a commitment to doing that which is always right, whereas loyalty is an affirmation to do something either right or wrong as long as it focuses on that which we are loyal to. And so again, faithfulness, it's a, it's a different word. Faithfulness does not depend on the experience. Rather, it depends on the relationship, whereas loyalty truly does depend on the experience of the person. So if you're not the greatest widget maker and you work for a widget company, then you can't really be loyal to them. Whereas we have in our organization, hopefully, several of you are examples of people who have been in multiple roles with Baptist Homes. Some have been in the same role for many years. Some have transitioned to different roles because you are being faithful rather than just loyal to the one thing. In Proverbs 3, verse 3, we read, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness ever forsake you. Let not, think about that, love and faithfulness. These are the attributes that, that we should value. As a supervisor, you and I are in leadership positions that sometimes we are working with employees and they're trying to navigate 
Am I supposed to be a faithful person or a loyal person? And sometimes we even say we expect loyalty. Can I challenge you to be that director, to be that leader who challenges your team to faithfulness? First and foremost, faithfulness to our Lord Jesus Christ. And then secondly, faithfulness to our mission. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we read, The fruit of the Spirit, so these are the attributes that come from someone who should be born again. And by the way, it doesn't mean it's a guarantee. Just read up to Galatians, <clears throat> starting with verse, chapter 5, verse 17, and it talks about the bad things that some people do, okay? But listen to this. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. You know, a lot of people are spending time in jail and prison because they were loyal to the wrong things. I can guarantee you, you'll never go to jail for faithfulness unless it's for a commitment to Jesus Christ in persecution. That does happen in some countries. We're not in one of those places. So as a leader, as a supervisor, challenge your team to pursue faithfulness to our Lord and to our mission and our values. And what are those mission and values that we uphold? Our value statements are that we are a distinctively Christian ministry driven by a gospel-informed worldview, a call to serve, educate, and advocate for the aging, an unwavering commitment to the sanctity of life, our belief that all people are created in the image of God, exactly what Brother Neil was sharing this morning, our belief and practice in discipleship at every waypoint of life. We believe you do not outgrow being a Christian. Our compassionate quality care and our commitment to bring glory to God through this ministry. Those values drive our mission statement, which is to be a distinctively Christian ministry called to joyfully serve in a Christ-like manner by educating, advocating, and caring for the aging to the glory of God. And aspirationally, we seek to make Christ-like ministry the standard of care for the aging. And so as we move in this direction, as we seek these aspirational goals, we achieve that more through faithfulness than we do through loyalty. The final part of our meeting that day was to honor someone who has served with us for about right at one year. And that person is Tammy Weish. If you listened to an episode earlier this year, you could have heard Tammy talk about moral injury and other things. She was also on a podcast from last summer. Just after she came on board with Baptist Homes, it was always presumed, at least to a later point, that it would be a temporary assignment for her. Uh, you just you will hear Dr. Harrison say that uh, he had hoped that this might continue in some different ways, but she will help us as a contractor. But Tammy allowed us to better understand some of the transition needs that we would have as we brought on brought on our three homes last year, two of which have not yet reopened because of renovations, but also helping us to enter into the world of CMS, which it means being able to accept. Medicare and Medicaid payments uh, within a facility. And right now that is our independence facility, but that will move forward. So in this last segment, you will hear Tammy being brought forth to honor. I spliced out some of what took place with her up front, but then the closing prayer 
that Dr. Harrison shared as we wrapped up our time together on that day. Before we dismiss, I do want to invite Tammy Weiss to come forward because, Tammy, I just want to pray for you. Tammy has been a special friend to each one of our campuses, helping us navigate, transitioning to our first Medicare-Medicaid campus, getting us through our most recent cost report, um, beginning kind of working on some of the clinicals as our campuses have gone through uh, quite a transformation of, of being able to uh, provide you know a little bit better dashboard of, of where we need opportunities for improvement. But most of all, she has been a friend of the campuses. She has been a prayer warrior for each one of you. Her love for Baptist homes is so evident in what she does. And just so you know, uh, I wanted to keep her on full time. And you know what I appreciate? She prayed about it. And God has a different assignment for her. We're going to continue our relationship, but you know what? That also opened up another door. Now we have Brandy Parker with us, and I like Brandy. She's going to be uh, just, you know what? God knows what we need for such a time as this. But it would be, to me, a missed opportunity not to conclude our meeting with an opportunity to pray for Tammy. She's made a big difference, and she has been a great advocate for our administrators who have gotten to know her so well. Would you join me in praying for Tammy as she transitions in, into her kind of previous role as a consultant, including a consultant for us now? Father, we thank you so much for Tammy. It has been such a privilege to get to know her. And Lord, by just having her come up, I, I pray that even at the campus level, that this is something that we could do when one of our team members is going to a new assignment. Father, we would be an organization that, that treats those who, who come and are onboarded with prayer. And Lord, for those that have another assignment, and each one of us probably in this room, there's very few, if anyone here, that Baptist Homes is their first job. Lord, I pray that we would treat them also with with care and compassion, Lord. Even if things didn't go well, we want to be praying for those that, that were a part of our team. Father, for Tammy, may you especially provide her with the blessing of your presence, give her continued wisdom, guidance. Father, help her to make wise decisions. Lord, I pray for her church. I know that her church is looking for a new pastor, and that's a big thing when you have a family, Lord, it's kind of like a family that's, that's having to adjust to a new member. So, Lord, we pray for her church. And, Lord, we ask now that you would just continue to allow us as an organization, as a ministry, to build upon the foundation that she helped lay as we navigated brand new ground for Baptist homes into the area of Medicare and, and, and Medicaid and, Lord, skilled care, which we had not been doing before. And so, Lord... Would you just continue to allow us the, the wisdom and grace to build upon that foundation that you laid in and through her for Baptist Homes? Thank you, Lord, for her. And Lord, thank you for each one of the leaders that is here today. Men and women who, Lord, have come to Baptist Homes for a variety of reasons. Lord, we are on a common mission. We have a common goal. Father, truly, May even this meeting and may the conversations that we have on the drive back home help us, Lord, to ask the question, how can we advance the mission of making Christ-like ministry the standard of care for the aging? And Father, may even the day come when we are an example to others 
of how to serve best, Lord, those who are in a season of life where they need a little extra care. Thank you, Lord, for these that are here today. May you bless them, and, and Lord, may they enjoy great memories of time of fellowship, learning, a few laughs, and a pretty good meal. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your gracious provision. In Jesus' name, amen. As this episode concludes, let me share some final thoughts about this three-part series. What I hope that this series has helped you, the audience, the listener, to understand is that Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries is not just a ministry. It is a ministry with a purpose. It is a ministry with a plan. And it is a ministry that desires to get better in part by seeking input from our staff and ultimately receiving direction from God. That's really what the workshop was about. After the workshop portion that you have heard snippets from, we met with the administrators who remained for an extra day so that we could work out, we could take the input that we had received from everyone and begin to work out how do we, how do we make that work. And then the following day, the executive team got together to further refine those into specific goals for the coming year and take time to pray for every one of our employees, over 200 employees, taking time by name, individually, uh, each employee, and praying for our purpose. Do we always get it right? Again, no. But it is our goal to be faithful to God, to be purposeful to serving others, and to fulfill our, our mission of advocating and educating and caring for the aging. So I hope this particular series of episodes has helped you to see a part of how we do that and, and given you an idea of what we are looking forward to in the near term, uh, in the coming months and even years as a part of Baptist Homes. In next month's episode, we will have concluded our second board meeting for the year. And as a part of that board meeting, it is planned to have our directors of nursing to share some thoughts about their job and about the challenges and the, the encouraging things that happen within their job. So with that, I plan to bring you that episode in, the, in September. And so uh, hopefully you'll tune back in and you will have heard the campus pastors in a previous episode. You will have heard the administrators in a, in a previous episode. And our third uh, high-level leader within each of our facilities being the directors of nursing, this will kind of fill out that trio of episodes that began, uh, I want to say, last August or September itself. So with that, I hope this episode has been encouraging. I hope this podcast is encouraging. And we are going to soon transition back to some some helpful ideas and, and presentations from various guests to help us to think through aging issues more clearly. But it's been a good time for you to better understand what Baptist Homes is and how Baptist Homes is moving forward, even at this challenging time for so many people. So thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you tune in next month to hear the episode focusing on our directors of nursing. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by the Baptist Home, go to www 
www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.